Sorry, I don't love you. A phrase I've grown accustomed to. Cause with you, if something isn't wrong, something isn't wrong, something isn't right. I wish you could be happy. Welcome to Geekdom is back with our fifth episode. This week we are talking all about Harry Potter, the movies more so than the books, but there will probably be a little talk of both. And this week our guest is Chris Fago. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing good. Uh, just hanging out on a nice uh, warm Sunday in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Do, do you guys get a ton of that East Coast humidity there too? I know when I was in Philly, the humidity was kind of unbearable. <laughs> So we definitely have a humidity problem uh, in the summer. Right now we're going through this weird thing where it like Wednesday will be what November second, and the high is supposed to be eighty eight. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of alarmed at that because uh, I was hoping, you know, it would be fall, but <laughs> it seems like the the global warming is is really showing its strength here because a couple two weeks ago we were in the seventies, but I mean, I don't know when fall and winter are going to actually come this year, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, well, I definitely understand weird weather because I live in Southern California where there isn't really any weather. So, <laughs> you know, it's like we know it's fall and winter when we kind of sort of get some rain, but not really because it's California, <laughs> unless you're in San Francisco. San Francisco gets more, way more rain. <laughs> we definitely get the rain. I guess for me, the, the thing is like, Summer is so brutal, so I like to look forward to fall. But this year, we just—it's uh, not as humid right now, but it's still like eight, you know, upper eighties is is kind of ridiculous for you know end of October. Yeah, definitely. Well, I know you just recently watched through all eight of the Harry Potter movies. Was that the first time you had watched them all, or did you watch them as they came out originally? So. Yeah, so that's a that's a great uh, starting point. So I, I actually just went on a week long vacation where I unplugged uh, from the web and and you know took time off work and I didn't do anything but go to the beach, cook meals, and watch like one Harry Potter a day because they're about two and a half to three hours long each. Right. And um, I found like we tried my wife and I we tried to fit in more than one. <laughs> we were there for seven. We were, yeah we were there for seven days and we tried to fit in two like the first night so that we wouldn't have too much panic going on right. but being at the beach all day and then trying to watch like a three-hour movie you know <laughs> the sun really tears you so you know it wasn't the first time that I, I had watched them all uh, it was the first time I had watched them in in a row like that okay uh, yeah. and I think that it, it what that was what was really great about it was you know before I saw them when they came out so in sequential order, but I mean, the first one came out in 2001. So I hadn't, uh, I mean, I'd seen it since then, but I definitely hadn't watched all of them together. Right. I think the last time I, I think the last time I watched Harry Potter as a whole, you know, as a, as a, not a trilogy, as a, as a franchise, the last time I watched the Harry Potter franchise was when Deathly Hollows Part 2 came out. Okay. So, I mean, I, I really hadn't, watched them since 2001 uh in in order i mean we we would watch them here and there but it's so hard to cram eight movies 
Yeah. When you're looking I mean, at 16 hours and I, when do you ever have 16 hours uninterrupted for <laughs> a, a franchise? What I find to be interesting is I remember watching these movies. I don't know if I necessarily went to see them in theaters, but you know, I checked our DVD shelf recently here at home and we have, I think, you know, one through six on DVD. And then we just never got, you know, the Deathly Hallows part one and part two. And I don't remember if I saw part one in theater right away, but I know I did do a min midnight screening for part two because that was July 2011. So that was the summer I had just graduated from high school. So it's like, you know, one of my friends and I, we just went kind of s- sat in line there and switched off whoever would go run to the Starbucks to go to the bathroom while we sat there for hours, you know? And- yeah. And and that that's something I remember. I definitely remember the first or the, the I'm sorry. I definitely remember the last one. Yeah. And doing that, you know, seeing it at midnight and the lines were incredible. And I think Harry Potter as a franchise is, I know this is really going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, but I think it's better than Star Wars, uh, both story-wise, visually, the production is, it just, it's better because it's all in in a 15-year span, you know, the technology in 2001 to now when it finished, it's just so much more um, together. You know, I love Star Wars, but when you watch, when you watch the first three, and then if you, if you dare watch the, you know, one, two, and three that came out in the early to late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, it just, you can see like how different, how drastic you can tell that they were filmed 30 years apart. Right. And I think, you know, with star Wars, that didn't really give people the opportunity to grow up with these films as right. much as y- probably you and I were able to. Cause like I said, the last movie came out right after I had finished high school. So I literally grew up with this, book series and these movies my entire childhood pretty much up until I was 18 so you know and I had the similar I had a similar uh you so yours was shifted my mind was shifted a little bit differently because you had said like the last one came out your senior year of high school like you just graduated yeah and so let's see the the movies for me were freshman year of high school to the last year of college so right. I, on an emotional like scale, like I went through high school and college kind of seeing how they dealt with um, a, a lot of issues that, you know, pe- people every day deal with, like, uh, you know, the loss of friends and family uh, as an adult. Right. But yeah, it was really it was really interesting uh, from the perspective of, all right, we, you know, we have seven days, we have eight movies. Let's really try and hammer it out. And um, I think there's a lot of little things that I either didn't remember or I guess in the course of time you don't pick up on like watching them age uh I think it was from like one to two was it was really drastic yeah and I think that goes into play because of how long it takes to make a movie right so the first movie I mean came out in 2001 but you're looking at nine months to a year of, of filming and production so they're even a year younger than the next you know they're probably two years younger than when the the second one started filming and right and and I think the the guy who has the you know one of the guy one of the characters who has the biggest physical changes is Malfoy like he doesn't even look like the you know what he looked like when he was a child like he completely yeah. it, it but it's the same it's the same actor but you know if you didn't know it, you wouldn't even think that they were 
the same actor you just think that they just got another uh like blonde british guy <laughs> yeah and it, you know it's funny even seeing tom felton and stuff now i'm like wait he was draco <laughs> you know yeah and it's interesting because you know obviously daniel radcliffe emma watson and rupert grant they were really the main three that this whole thing centered around and sometimes you know we'll see these actors now doing completely different things and it's like you almost have to take a minute and be like wow they literally lived and breathe like breathe harry potter for you know 10 12 years of their lives and it's you know crazy that i don't think really during that time any of those three really did a lot outside of harry potter because you know like i said it was sort of their life and the fact that jk rowling wrote these books and then you know she did have some input and whatnot on the movies she even produced the last two and you know it's crazy that you know people will spend a good chunk of their lives just you know working on one project or one franchise do you think that sort of is what really helped make these movies better the fact that they were able to keep it consistent and you know, get all of these actors and actresses on board for the entire thing? I definitely do. I think that's one thing that will separate it uh, apart from a lot of movies. And and you hear that a lot. It's like, well, you know, I I think it was this week, Deadpool lost their Deadpool 2, just lost the director from Deadpool 1. Right. And it's over creative differences. I think it was over, it was actually, from what I read, was over casting. I think the director wasn't interested in Kyle Chandler uh, being in the movie. And, And it's like, you have to kind of be on the same page in order to make it work. Uh, I think we've seen plenty of franchises really damaged because everyone from the studio to the actors uh, to the director, they weren't on the same page. And, you know, there's there's always been contract disputes. And that's what I think is so amazing about Harry Potter is not only, and, you know, maybe they didn't have, I'd like to think that, like you said, Daniel Radcliffe, I'd like to think he had offers, but he was like, I need to focus on Harry Potter because I can't just, you know, be busy all year round and Harry Potter takes up so much of my life. I know he had to have had offers. I mean, now he can do whatever he wants, which is what I think is amazing. But right. I think that's a big thing to kind of highlight is if you went on to IMDb, I'd say like maybe most of the cast did very little outside of Harry Potter, especially like the, the especially the kids, but even more so, I mean, I'm sure it slowed down everyone from Alan Rickman to, uh, you know, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's cool with these movies is they did a really, really great job casting for the whole series. You know, it's like, I'm sure when they did the casting of Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson and Rupert Grant, it's like they had a vision for them going through and growing up with all of these movies because at the time, you know, J.K. Rowling had already written four books by the time Mm -hmm. the first movie came out in 2001. She had already written up through The Goblet of Fire, and then three more were written while the movies were being made. So even on her part, you know, that is a lot of Harry Potter for one person, because, you know, she's probably following along with the movies being made, and she's still writing these stories for what's going to come next, And then she's probably also like, okay, this, you know, would be cool for a movie scene or something. I wonder if the fact that they started 
filming these movies and releasing them as she was still writing the series had any effect on, you know, one or the other. Yeah, I think that's a, a valid thing to question because when you, if you compare it to, I know if you compare it to Game of Thrones, right? Now the show is past all the books that have been released. Right. But with your, you know, with your question, it's like maybe, uh, maybe George R.R. R. Martin could have just co-wrote or had help from HBO and like they could have bounced the ideas off of each other and he could have finished the books. And instead, HBO decided we're not going to wait on you and we're going to do our own thing. And and so I think that's another thing that I, I love about Harry Potter is, like you said, half the books were written and she didn't fail to finish, right? right. She went through and she made sure that her vision was completed um, by her. And maybe there was some times where she said, you know what, this would be really good in a movie. But there was definitely a lot of scenes in the movie where, uh, you know, they weren't, they were taken from the book, but there's obviously different adaptions and, and, you know, privileges that have been used to make the movie better. Right. Like I think the obvious one is like Harry had green eyes and, and they didn't do that. So there's always going to be things where they don't, really go forward with the, the book in full because they can't. I mean, the, the movie's right. already two and a half hours long. I mean, if they if they did a true ad- adaptation of the book to the movie, I mean, we'd be looking at probably another eight movies. Yeah, yeah, especially with how long all of her books are. And that's another thing I wanted to bring up. You know, a lot of people, I know personally, I tend to like reading the books before seeing the movie, but sometimes that isn't the case. Like, I watched Fight Club before I read the book. And then, you know, when I was reading the book, I found myself saying everything in my head in like Brad Pitt's voice or Edward Norton's voice. And, you know, for something like that, it actually made the book a little more entertaining to read. And, you know, that's another book and movie adaptation that I think were really well done. But a lot of times, you know, you have these fans that are such big fans of the books that when someone takes it and wants to make it into a movie they're a little skeptical of that but you know i'm looking at the rotten Tomatoes scores and cinema scores for harry potter and on cinema score everything got an a minus or above and on rotten tomatoes everything got a 78 percent or above and for anyone who's paid attention to rotten tomatoes at all you know that 78 percent is actually still a really good rotten tomato score and yeah. you even have you know the last movie with a 96 percent on rotten tomatoes and that is crazy to me and when you look at the franchise as a whole even you know the box office numbers like a lot of these movies came very, very close to hitting a billion dollars worldwide. And even, you know, the last one went well over a billion dollars. It was at $1.3 billion for, you know, what the movie made worldwide. So I think it's safe to say that these movies all paid off. And, you know, The Chamber of Secrets only had a budget of $100 million, which, you know, to us normal people, that's a ton of money. But when you look at the right. fact that it made almost $900 million worldwide, you can't say these movies didn't pay off, even when, you know, Prisoner of Azkaban dipped below $800 million. It's like, you know what? You spent $130 million on it, and you still made a boatload of money. <laughs> so, it's good. Yeah, the, the, odds, the odds were good. And, you know... I think that, you know, like I said, and it, it's a, maybe it's a bold statement, but I think it's the best franchise that 
will have a, like an hour lifetime. You know, Lord of the Rings was good. I think Lord of the Rings took a hit because of The Hobbit being three movies. I, I, and I'm kind of worried about this new Harry Potter uh, movie that's coming out. Oh, fan- Fantastic Beasts and yeah. Where to Find Them. Yeah, that's, I believe it's a prequel to all of this. And, you know, I think it's always interesting when prequels are done well after the fact. I mean, it's been a little over five years since the movie came out. So it's not like, you know, a 30 year gap like Star Wars or something like, you know, we had Psycho and now Bates Motel is on TV as a prequel. And it's sort of just, you know, I think what I worry, I think what I worry about is they said they announced this week that it's going to be five movies. And I, I don't, I don't know why we need five. I don't know if each one's going to be about a different beast or maybe, you know, I, I if you remember during like the Triwizard Cup, there were always different magic. There was the three, there was magical schools, there was Hogwarts, yeah. and then there was always the other ones they didn't really talk about. So I don't know if we're going to basically kind of go through the history of magic, so to say, and learn more about the different schools or the global impact uh, of the wizarding, wor- wi- wizarding world. But I just think five is. I mean, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have five movies in that franchise, which is one more than half of the last franchise, based on one book. Yeah, I don't know where they're gonna pull the the information from. Right? It's like it's kind of a stretch. Yeah, and I guess we just have to see if she starts writing even more books on it, just to kind of you know do something similar to what happened with Harry Potter, where you know. If- the books some of the books were written and then she continued with the story but yeah i actually i think i saw somewhere that it was going to be five movies but i guess it didn't register in my head because you know i've been seeing so much just about this first movie and it does look interesting just from the previews and trailers and whatnot but i'm kind of with you on this i don't entirely know how they're going to get five movies out of that and i haven't read the book for this one actually so it'll definitely yeah, I have, be I have interesting. But that, that kind of, it, it gives me the Hobbit vibes because the Hobbit was one book, right? It was one yeah. book. And they did what, three movies on it? They did, they did three movies and they were all extremely long. Yes. And it was just really a, they were basically flexing their muscles in terms of visual effects. Like, and there's nothing wrong with the movies, right? They're visually stunning, but I get it. Like, you can make orcs. With something like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, I feel like, yes, that's also a great franchise, but I feel like something like Harry Potter was probably just more accessible, especially to kids. Because if you put a kid in front of a Lord of the Rings film, they might not be interested at all in it because, you know, there are no people that characters. look like them in that movie. Yeah, yeah none of the characters are really... Uh, like and everyone can relate with someone in, in Harry Potter, regardless of which character it is, right? Like, yeah, if you're if you're Ron and you've got you're maybe you're like the youngest of you're the youngest of a, a couple siblings, or you know, um, you know, maybe you're an, uh, you're maybe you're adopted. You know, I think that's one of the great things about Harry Potter is it, it helped people who didn't necessarily know their families, regardless of if it was because they were adopted or maybe there was like a tragic uh, death in the family. It allowed them to have a person who's in their age group who's going through the same things and i think that's what's so special about it is because you know we're all going to you know every high school student unfortunately will probably experience either a a loss of an an adult or a loss of a friend in their age group 
but it's the same, you know, it's like, we, it's, it's all kind of unspoken. It's like, we don't know how to, how to talk about it or how to deal with it. And, and so with Harry, I think the, the scene with the, uh, the mirror really might be one of the best, uh, scenes in, in the whole franchise because, you know, he, he sees his parents and, right. you know, Dumbledore's like, look, it shows you what you want to see, but you'll go crazy because they're never coming back. And it, it kind of shows everyone that what's gone is not necessarily lost forever, but you have to, you can't let it hold you down and, and you can't, you know, daydream about the past. Yeah, definitely. And when you watched all eight movies in a row, did you find that that maybe made it an even better experience to get them all in at once as opposed to having to wait, you know, a year or two years in between movies. And, you know, I know a lot of people will go back and rewatch movies before the next one comes out and that sort of thing. Because I know I didn't do it with the whole Star Wars series, but before The Force Awakens came out, I went back and I rewatched the first trilogy just because I wanted a little bit of a refresher just on the Star Wars world in general. And I didn't really want to watch the second trilogy again because I remember watching it, you know, once or twice and it just didn't grab me the way that first trilogy did. So did you find yourself enjoying it more your second time through and being able to watch them all, you know, within that week? Yeah, I think watching them all in a short the shortest, it, watching them all in the shortest period of time possible kind of uh, upped the ante for me in terms of uh, emotional weight and just investment, right? Like you said, with Star Wars, you watch the last, I'm sorry, you watched the, the first trilogy before you saw seven. Right. Um, and so the last time I watched all eight Harry Potter movies was never, you know, I mean, I'd yeah. seen them one, one at a time. And before Deathly Hollows 2, I watched Deathly Hollows 1. And, and so that's kind of how I approached it. And that's one of the things where you know, we all, as a culture, we like to binge watch now. Yes. <laughs> but binge watching really translates best for TV, not necessarily uh, franchises or trilogies. Right. Just because it, it takes up so much time. So, But it does change things because you remember what happened, you know, in, in each, you, you remember things as they come. and it kind of gives you a better perspective as to, to what's going on. Like, you know, I think what's one of the things that I picked up on was that the Sirius is black, his whole family. Uh, I, I guess I never really realized it, but they're all like, all their names are uh, based on astronomy. Like they're, they're all based on stars except for uh, I believe like Draco's mom right. is, is the only one. And she's part of the black family, but you just remember stuff like that. And, and that's why it's so valuable to, try and find the time to watch it all at once and give it, you know, a once over and not wait every, you know, every two years and, and do that. And I, and I, I feel that way about all franchises, you know, with the hunger games, I did that. I, I watched the first one and then I'd watch, I watch, I, I would watch them before that they would come out and you kind of forget like, Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. And you know, with you only watching one or two a day, do you find that makes it easier to sort of, differentiate what happened in you know the first movie versus the third movie and whatnot because I know when I binge watch tv shows like I think I went through the first season of Daredevil pretty much in one day or I did you know an episode or two the first night and then went through it all the next day and it's like for me when I do that and you have like you know 10 hours of tv that you've just been watching in one 
spurt, everything kind of gets blurred together and you're like, especially on Netflix, because it just starts one episode right after the other, pretty much. It's kind of like, okay, wait, when exactly did this happen? And, you know, when did we find out about this? But when you're only doing, you know, a movie a day, did you think it was easier to sort of keep it all together? Like this happened here, this happened here. It definitely helped with the timeline. Uh, I think what was best was, you know, I watch when I was watching them, kind of remembering things differently. Like I did not realize that Dobby came into the franchise so early. But now right. it makes so much more sense because when we get to the end of, uh, I think it's in Deathly Hollows Part 2, he dies. Yeah. Scratch that. He dies in Deathly Hollows Part 1, right? At the oh, end. yeah, yeah, yeah. Part 1. Like at the very end of Part 1, he dies. And that scene is so important. And, you know, Harry's like, I want to bury him. And before we had really started watching all eight, you know, in one week, I, when we got to Dobby, I was like, I don't remember him being in the second movie. Right. Like, why is he? I just, I just didn't remember that. And I know that's it's a minor character, but when you go, you know, when you have eight movies over the course of fifteen years, you you kind of forget like when things happen and how that can affect the story. Uh, and and one thing I really wish they would have done is focus more on Malfoy, because you know by the uh, Deathly Hollows Part One, he is the bad guy. Yeah. But I feel like. They didn't spend too much. They didn't spend enough time on him. The time they spent on him in each movie, I mean, maybe it was roughly 15 minutes a movie just making us really feel like we don't like this guy. Right. But I do sympathize with him because he's just going off of what his parents wanted. Uh, you know, he, he was just going off of a uh, family influence. And part of me feels like he had no real uh, choice. And so I sympathize with that because he just did what he was told to do by his parents and he's he's in I mean he's in high school yeah and I mean the nice thing with the Harry Potter movies too is sometimes the just the title of the movie will kind of help you know what the big thing is that's going on here especially you know Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire it's like right. okay <laughs> you know the Goblet of Fire is in this movie obviously <laughs> yeah exactly it it's I read I read somewhere it put it into perspective. It was basically like all the Harry Potter movies when they're in the first one, when they're going into the Sorcerer's Stone and they have to go through the challenges. It basically reveals like how the whole movie franchise is like what direction each one's going to be in. Um, even down to, you know, like when they had when they're trying to get the Sorcerer's Stone and Ron's playing chess like that, that was uh, basically an analogy of how like the Triwizard Cup was a chess match. Right. Yeah. And you know, with the Sorcerer's Stone real quick, it's only known as the Sorcerer's Stone in the United States and India for whatever reason. Otherwise, you know, everywhere else it's called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. So I don't know exactly why that is that they felt the need to change it for the United States and India. I don't know if it's maybe because here we have a different definition for philosopher and it's not the same thing as a sorcerer. So that was always just something that was interesting to me that, you know, it was different here. And I don't know if it, that, you know, necessarily will make us feel like there's something we're missing that the rest of the world gets and we don't or what, but I was just always curious about that decision. So I, I know the answer to that and, and it's, 
it's really bad because they basically the publishers decided that American children wouldn't want to read a book with the word philosopher on it. <laughs> and I know that's really shallow, but that's yeah. like you can look it up. That's that's what happened. That's the sole uh, reason it, for it. It was just all PR and marketing. Okay. And they just decided that children in the United States, we don't and, and maybe parents as well. I mean, I know that there was a lot of uproar uh, in religious communities because it, it, because of how backwards uh, some parts of the United States can get with with, uh, you know, the media where so like, I, I do remember living uh, in South Carolina and ev- everything was about like it was just wizards, like everyone was freaking out about how the most popular book like, oh, we're getting children to read. And, and the silver lining is that children are reading, but it was all bad because it was about witchcraft. Right. And uh, so when you live in the Bible Belt, things like that definitely come up um, because everyone's kind of different down here. So I think they avoided the philosophy because they don't, you, you know, philosophy as a whole can be very religious. Right. Yeah. I n- had never heard that before, but I mean, like you said, it kind of makes sense, but it's also quite shallow. <laughs> but, you know, to me, I don't know if it necessarily would have made a difference at the time because, let's see, I was probably eight or nine when the first movie came out. And I don't know if I even had any idea what a sorcerer was. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. it's like, I think just the idea of Harry Potter alone was enough to get, you know, kids to get their parents to take them to go see the movie and I think you know I I don't know if that one word would have really had any bearing on how well the the movie did in the United States and India so yeah in terms I, I of think, sales yeah I think they just went on a on a safe route but I, I totally agree with you um sticking with the Sorcerer's Stone one thing you you probably don't know I didn't realize until I watched the, the credits was Vern Troyer is actually in this movie and it's the only movie he's in of the of the whole franchise. Huh. He is uh, he plays Grip Hook, uh, so he's one of the goblins, and he did it just for the first movie. And it's really weird because he was the uh, he was the physical actor of Grip Hook in The Sorcerer's Stone, but he was voiced by Warwick Davis. And then after the first movie ended, uh, Warwick Davis came in, and and not only was he doing the voice, but he did the you know he did the body as well. And I don't know. I I couldn't find a reason why, like why uh, Vern Troyer didn't come back for a second movie. Um, But I just think that's really interesting that, you know, here we have one character who makes it all the way to the end of the movie. You know, if you remember in the last, the last in Deathly Hallows, he betrays Harry um, when they go into Gringotts uh, to retrieve something from Bellatrix's uh, vault. Right. So he makes, he, so this character lives the whole, he lives through eight movies uh, you know, I'm not sure if Vern Troyer just didn't want to come back. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe this is one of those things we were talking about where there was a financial dispute. Um, but it it just says he didn't, re- you know, he didn't repri- reprise it. And I think that's kind of weird. Yeah, especially, I mean, looking back now, obviously, he wouldn't have known how big this franchise was just going to be based off of necessarily the first movie. Because I yeah. know... We see with a lot of franchises, you know, the first movie will do really well. And then if they do get a good sequel, that will usually do pretty well still. But it's kind of like the more you keep going with it, the more of a drop off you see, which, you know, thankfully, that was not the case with all of these Harry Potter movies. And 
I I wonder if you know if anyone would be interested in interviewing him now and seeing you know his thoughts on the franchise as a whole. Of course, because I'm you know I'm looking at his uh, IMDb page, and so in 2001 he he was in Sorcerer's Stone, and then after that, I mean he, he did have Goldmember, the, the the third Austin Powers movie, but. After that, it's pretty much all TVs. It's just TV series. He's in Scrubs. He's been in uh, Two and a Half Men, and you know a lot of a lot of appearances for sure. But um, looks like he hasn't been in a movie, you know, since Goldmember. Right. He's got some movies coming out, you know, soon. But uh, looks like the last movie he's in was the Trailer Park Boys movie that came out last year. So definitely weird. Maybe he just maybe there was some commitment that he couldn't. Uh, he didn't want to. You know, he didn't want to keep go through with it, but. Uh, very. In, I thought that was really strange because, like you said, the budget was low and the profit was high, and they kept, you know, a lot of the cast together. I know there was a couple other cast members who who didn't make it uh, all the way through. I think um, was what it was Draco's friend, not. Go- I think it was Goyle. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah. So I think Goyle actually got arrested and got like kicked off the uh, the movie. And yeah, now that, he's a that would fight. probably do he, it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's a, so he's also an, an MMA fighter now. So he's, you know, he's doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Like the fact that that's real news is like, <laughs> it's a very dra- just a dramatic change in life. Uh, yeah. You know, life jo- in, in jobs. It looks like Goyle was in all of the movies. Okay, so then it was my apologies. Crab, Crab so, maybe? Yeah, so, uh, and I would, that's another thing is you get them confused because they didn't really yeah, yeah. develop them too much. And maybe that's better now that you know the news that, yeah, let's see. Yeah, because it looks like Jamie Waylett, who played Crab, he was literally kind of just only in the Harry Potter movies. And that's the only acting he ever did. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like, you know, he stops at 2009 with the Half-Blood Prince. And like you said, obviously, if he got arrested, that would that would probably do the trick for the Harry Potter series, especially since, you know, it was more of a family movie. Obviously, in Hollywood, actors and actresses have been arrested for various things all the time and they get through it, but they're not necessarily geared towards the family friendly audience. Yeah, it's just uh, so uh, that that is what. So that might be the him and Vern Troyer might be the only people that you know didn't stick with the franchise. I mean, he it says yeah. he was in six six of the eight movies, and he was arrested uh, violent violent disorderly conduct. So, I mean, that's not good, right? You, but it, right. it and it's not good because he missed out on you know two movies and probably a lot of money. Yeah, and what ended up being you know a huge finale because, like I mentioned. The final movie, Deathly Hallows Part 2, did better worldwide than any of the other seven movies that came before it. So I think that just goes to show how much people love this franchise that when it came to it and we had the last movie coming out, it's like everyone wanted to be there for this finale. And, you know, obviously with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, it's like, I wonder how much of a revival this is going to be because, you know, like we mentioned with Star Wars, the first trilogy, really great, did really well. I'm sure the second trilogy still did well, but for fans, you know, it's not the thing they go 
immediately to when you think of Star Wars. But then when The Force Awakens came out again after a long break in Star Wars movies, it's like The Force Awakens did really well. And, you know, I went to go see it the weekend it opened and I rarely go see movies at the theater anymore as it is just because I find people are a lot more rude than they used to be in movie theaters and a lot more annoying. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. Uh, I It takes a lot to get me to uh, the movies. Yeah. I went for The Force Awakens, but it does take a lot more now. And I feel like uh, the rise of smartphones has actually made movie going not very fun. Because no matter how many times you have a cute intro telling you to turn off your phone, nobody listens. Right. But that, like you said, is a story for another day. <laughs> you know, I think the revival part is interesting. And and that's where, so we have Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And we just had the, we just had that new, uh, book come out when you know it's based on a play yeah uh it's a play script and i would really like that to become a movie uh more more than like a second third or fourth or fifth fantastic beast i'd really like the uh the play to get adapted into a movie because it's the the premise is you know it's harry potter working at the uh, ministry of magic and his kids doing uh his kids the main character and uh it kind of thinks kind of makes me think of the Star Wars direction where they're doing the spinoffs, right? We're going to have, uh, you know, we have Rogue One coming out in December and yeah. Star Wars is going to have that, you know, they're going to have the Han Solo movie. I, you know, I don't know when, I think at some point, I know they've started, they've casted a lot of the characters for that movie. Uh, so I know they're going that route where we can explore more into the characters. And yeah. so maybe in the future, you know, we might have a, a movie based on like Voldemort, like a prequel where it's basically Voldemort uh, up until Harry's born. Yeah. Because we did have a lot of flashbacks. That's one thing is there's a lot of flashbacks about Voldemort and you definitely can piece together, you know, what went wrong or, and what happened. But if we had a two hour movie just about him from maybe like 16 to bad guy, I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. And I think, you know, with these movies, like you mentioned, they were so long, you know, they were all pretty much two hours or longer, it seems. I think even with some of these things, you don't need to make them super long movies. You can do, you know, an hour and a half to just under two hours or something. And, you know, with Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, I don't know exactly how long that movie is, but it's set 70 years before The Adventures of Harry Potter. Right. So I guess that, that explains the five the five movies. They have a lot of time to cover. Yeah, so I think, you know, we could probably see that leading up to Harry Potter or even just the birth of Harry Potter, not necessarily him being at Hogwarts. Because right. like you said, we got a lot of those flashbacks. And, you know, we know what happened to his parents. And, you you know, we know a bit about Voldemort. So it'll be interesting. You know, I'll probably follow along with these movies. I don't know if I'll go see them in theaters right away. But... I definitely want to see how this pans out and how much of the Harry Potter series we will sort of see in this. Yeah. And that's what, you know, one thing I'm interested in is seeing how true it is because I know there's a trailer out right now. And at the end they, they talk about, they make a joke uh, about Hogwarts. They say hogwash because <laughs> they got to be, you know, cheeky. But the thing about it that I'm worried about, is when I watched the, the first time I watched the trailers, it just it 
the trailer was very um, superhero kind of cut. It, it, right. it definitely it had a lot of it, it looked like Marvel made the trailer, right? It was very yeah. <laughs> like there's a battle going on in the city and there's good and evil. It just looked like it looked like the event. It looked like Wizarding Avengers, and maybe there, you know, maybe that's I, I like I know you didn't read the book. I didn't read the book either, so maybe the beasts get out and there's this big war. Uh, but it just looked different because, you know, the Harry Potter movies have a lot of action, but they right. have less action than you think. Yeah. And it's definitely, you know, a different type of action than what we see in, you know, Civil War and Batman versus Superman and those movies. So I think, you know, like you said, there was a lot of action in the trailer, but you know, I try not to base my complete opinion of what I think the movie will be like just on the trailer because I know they even do this with TV. Like, they'll splice stuff together to make you think it's going in one direction when if you don't have the context, it's, you know, yeah. totally different. So it's like, you know, yes, trailers can be fun and everything, but, you know, I know that I'm going to want to go see all of these new Star Wars movies coming up, whether or not, you know, I go opening weekend or not. That's another thing, because like we already said, going to the movies is a lot more frustrating <laughs> now. And sometimes, you know, when I went to go see Deadpool in theaters, a couple walked in with like a double stroller and just like yes, parked I it in the theater. And I'm like, we are in a Deadpool movie and you are going to bring two small children <laughs> So we went uh, opening weekend. That was, I think, that was the last movie I saw on opening weekend. Yeah. Um, and it actually might have been. Uh, no, I guess I saw Civil War in okay. theaters. So, so, yeah. So that I, I think I've only seen Suicide. I think I've seen three movies this year in theaters: uh, Deadpool, Civil War, and Suicide Squad. So obviously, my my palette is is not very uh, diverse in terms of what I'm gonna, willing li willing to see uh, in theaters. But, I think mine was only Deadpool and Civil War, so I'm in the same boat here. <laughs> but when I when at the end of at the end of Deadpool, it was the same thing. The lights came on, and the guy in front of me had like two kids, and they were just like, "Daddy, what's happening?" <laughs> and that's yeah. where it's like it, you can't, you know, the, between people. It was start with Star Wars movies were were just the same, right? It was there was a lot of talking and clapping. Um, it, I don't know. I don't know why people feel the need to clap in the movies. Uh, I know like Star Wars, it's been a long time. And so you're like, oh, my God, this is great. But I, when you see the Millennium Falcon, you don't need to clap. It's in the trailer. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. wasn't a surprise. It was in the trailer. Yeah. And I mean, with when I went to see Star Wars, it was much more of like a respect thing that people were making noise. You know, like you said, people would clap. I thought it was a little strange. But I kind of, you know, just went along with it because I didn't want to be the only person sitting there, you know, not clapping <laughs> at this because it was, you know, 8 a.m. on Saturday of the opening weekend or something. I went at some ridiculously early time and it was still completely sold out. And, you know, I think that's a lot different than, you know, people bringing in screaming children, having their phone go off, you know, so yeah. that's that's much more tolerable because, you know, everyone in there is there to see the movie because, you know, they completely respect the movie. <laughs> so uh, one last thing I wanted to kind of bring up and that I learned uh, from the Harry Potter 
yeah. uh, binge white binge week. I learned, I learned, okay. So I learned a couple things, you know, other than Vern Foyer. I also learned that, uh, the actors who were portrayed by, uh, Mad Eye and Percy are actually related in real life. So if oh, you look it up, nice. they look, you can actually see it. I know the makeup and his jiggly eye kind of throws <laughs> yeah. you off, but I believe that, um, he's, uh, the guy who plays Mad Eye is his uncle. Um, and then I, I was more interested to look this up. Um, so, you know, they're always saying, you know, he who cannot be named and, you know, don't use his name. Yeah. I was always wondering why, because either I didn't remember or they didn't, I don't think they go over it directly in the movies. And I don't think I remembered it from the books, but, uh, according to the internet, which we know we can trust, it basically says that Voldemort's name was a, uh, curse so that if you said it when he was at his highest power he could find you because you said it and he'd come kill you so people wouldn't say it because they didn't they didn't want to be like have a trace on them for him to be like i'm gonna come come kill you now which yeah it's almost like the old bloody mary tale or whatever you know in the bathroom (laughs) and that's where and that's another thing where you know i don't think they talked about it in the movies directly they're just they just said like you know don't say it but I don't think they ever said, you know, because Harry says it all the time because he just right. does not care. But the no, and he, I know there was parts where he says, "Why can't I say it?" And I don't think they ever really, you know, they had a moment where they were like, because once he comes back, if he, whenever he hears his name, he's got like a geo tag on you, and he'll come get you. Right. And that was, you know, speaking of geo tags, I think that was probably my biggest gripe, and I know that that it takes away from the movie, but. If you're going to be able to create horcruxes, like how do you not know where where and what all of your horcruxes are, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know that Harry was a horcrux. How like he, he you guys are wizards. Like how <laughs> how do you not have a spell that just like reveals uh, you know, like a list of all of your horcruxes? Yeah, locates them for you. <laughs> like yeah, like where's my horcrux app so that I know like all right, th- this one's been found, these six are safe. They're on the map. And I know that if he knew Harry was a Horcrux or if he knew where all of his Horcruxes were, like everything would change. But it's just one of those things where it was just like, you're asking me to believe that they can do magic and they can fly and they can split their souls, but that they, that they don't remember how many times they've done that or to where they've, you know, applied that part of their soul. Yeah. And, you know, be- before we wrap this up, I think one of the things about this franchise too is this isn't something that, you know, relies on technology in the movies itself to kind of get anything accomplished. It's fully, you know, a magic community. And when you have franchises like, you know, the Bourne movies or the Fast and the Furious movies, it's like you're relying on all of these fancy tech gadgets and all of these updates that you can put in your cars and that sort of thing. And I think for this Harry Potter franchise, it was sort of just refreshing that that wasn't an aspect that they had to worry about. And, you know, so many times we'll see in movies, you know, oh, they have an Apple computer, you know, they must be this kind of person and whatnot. And I think, you know, this franchise is really able to just take you out of being so plugged into everything because it's a completely make-believe world. And, it's really, you know, fiction at its at its finest. You know, it serves the purpose of being a fictional story. 
I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and that's where it's like, um, modern day me is like, you know, why is it, why isn't he just aware of his Horcrux, <laughs> yeah. his, you know, his Horcrux cachet, but you're right. I mean, I don't even know that I, I don't, I think if you watch all eight movies, you might see like a telephone, a handful of times, but it's never in the wizarding world. It's right. always like in the muggle world. <laughs> yeah. When Harry's with the Dursleys, I think like there's a, he, there's, there's, there's one movie where he runs away and like, I think he's at a bus stop and like he sees the phone ring somewhere, but you're right. I mean, for the most part, you, you barely see, uh, there's no, there's no cell phones in the entire movie. Right. It's always like a payphone or a landline, which don't really exist yeah. at all anymore. <laughs> and I definitely remember there was one payphone in, uh, when Harry and Ron and Hermione go to the ministry of magic and that's, like right. this, the entrance they use, uh, it's like the visitor entrance and it's a, it's one of the red, red phone booths, but it does this, these, these movies let you disconnect from the society we live in where there's the internet and, and that's crazy because they were filmed with the internet. But like you said, like, there's no computers Yeah. at all. Yeah. Well, now that we've talked all about Harry Potter, I kind of want to go back and watch all of the movies. So we'll see if I end up doing that now that fall TV is back and there's a lot to watch that you know is new but thanks so much for coming on and talking about this i know you and i definitely have some more topics we want to get to in the future which you know that's kind of the cool thing about this podcast and my goal with it i just want to kind of be able to talk about anything and everything that people want to talk about i know you are a big walking dead fan right but you know, I have not seen a single episode. So, you know, you suggested that. And I was like, um, I don't I don't think we could do that in time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it's cool, sort of, because for me, you know, I get to find out all of these things I have in common with other people. And, you know, I think even though it did take us a while to kind of get a topic locked down, I think, you know, that's something that's cool for me to experience and hopefully for my guests as well. But yes, thank you again for coming on and we will definitely have to have you back on. Thanks again and hope you guys have a great day. Yes, thank you to our listeners and definitely enjoy the rest of your day.